In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. Logos, heart of God, mind of Christ, with your host, Andy Anastasopoulos. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Logos, heart of God, mind of Christ. It's been a long time since I've spoken to you. A lot's been happening in the past six plus months. But rest assured, I am back, and I'm happy to be back. You know, I miss speaking to you all. I miss teaching you about history intertwined with the word. But like I said, I'm back. I hope all is well in your world. And I hope this show serves for you, serves you in some way or some manner. And that's what it's about. So welcome. Welcome. Uh, you know, new exciting things are happening with the show. Uh, I got some new ideas and I'm ready full force to come back. So I hope you didn't miss me too much. And I hope I didn't, you know, disappoint you too much. But don't worry. I'm back, okay? I'm ready to take Logos to the next level with a lot of Christ-inspired messages to help you through your day and through your life and get closer with God. That's ultimately what we want to do. Today, I want to talk to you about a worldview, all right? What is a worldview and why is it important? Has anybody ever asked that of you before? Do you know what a worldview is? Do you know other people's world worldview? depending on who you want to investigate with, I mean, I'm sorry, to debate with or to talk with or to minister with, are you familiar with a worldview? Well, a worldview is how a person looks at the world. And those with differing worldviews see the world through different lenses that color how they understand and experience it. Those who share worldviews share assumptions about what is real, true, and good. Worldviews seek to answer the big questions in life, such as, who am I, where did I am, or where did I come from? Those are some really big an- uh, questions to be asking. And I'm sure we've all asked that in one point or another in life. I mean, how could we not? You know, especially explorers, you know, in our faith, we've asked those questions probably before we came to our faith. And, um, you know, I know my path, you know, I've always studied philosophy prior to coming to Christ. And I've always, uh, you know, asked those questions as well. I've, I definitely had my time where I was very, very explorative, trying to find answers wherever I could. I know I've definitely asked those questions. How about you? Now, they also contribute heavily to what a person believes to be acceptable or or wrong behavior. That's what a worldview does. Worldviews cover a lot of the same ground as religions do, but the term worldview is useful because everybody has one, whether or not they claim to be religious. The worldview in front serves in, the worldview in fact serves like a religion for those who do not identify with a particular faith. This is a key insight for it shows all humans filter the world through their particular perspectives. So what's that saying there is you don't have to be religious, okay? But you all, we all have a worldview because basically it's how we see the world through our eyes. You know, how we, how we per- perceive things, 
and and how we view things. And that can come from a, a number of different areas. That can come from upbringing. That can become from the news you watch. That can come from, you know, just things in your life that color the way you see things. And um, it's, you know, it's our path. For better or for worse, it's a path. But that that, was, that is what covers colors our worldview. Now, with that being said, everyone is biased. No one can see the entire big picture of the world exactly as it is. Only God can do that perfectly. And through being biased, also it comes um, through our mortality. Just like the text says that we cannot see the whole entire universe, or even the world rather, the way God sees it. For he is the one that is unbiased. And we are the ones that are biased and mortal flesh and blood creatures. So there's no way we can see it the way God sees it. And he's the only one that, that is the final judge or at least can see things clearly. Because of that, we are biased. All of you share uh, these uh, commons, uh, commonalities. Okay, these are all well, they, these, they share. They influence the way people live. Even those without a, a well-thought-out view worldview that can be clearly articulated still live by a code based on basic assumptions. Worldviews are based on bottom line assumptions that are not to be challenged or questioned. Okay. Um, so this bottom line for people is, you know, for them, it's concrete. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's, uh, as hard as steel as you cannot be changed. And also kind of goes with today's modern society where people are like, you know, you can't tell, tell anybody anything about any, nothing. My mother says that she goes, you can't tell nobody nothing about nothing, which is kind of true. You know, besides the worldview fact, there are a lot of people out there that walk around that they, they have this attitude about you where they say, how dare you talk to me about anything? You know, and unfortunately in society, we've gotten to a point where automatically anything negative or not or just con uh, uh, constructive criticism or anything criticized has gotten to a point where people get so offended about littlest things. They don't like they don't like any opposition whatsoever. You know, that's more of a freedom of speech thing. Maybe one day we'll get to that in a further episode. But yeah, that's how people are. People, they want their bottom line. They like their bottom line and they will stick to their bottom line right or wrong. Now, all worldviews compete for allegiance. Each claims its own way of looking at the world is the best or only true path. So when you pursue an allegiance of your own worldview, okay, you, 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 you go after exclusivity. People, they think that their worldview is exclusive, it's tailor-made, tailor and it's the one and only way, or the one true way. Each is therefore a contributing factor in making its adherents narrow-minded, even those who claim to be, to be uh, open-minded. So, you know, that's almost like a, a false fallacy. When you study apologetics, you start to realize that... Um, you know, people who try to push a worldview that is not an objective moral lawgiver like God, they start to fall away into their uh, into their um, arguments, and they start making these truth claims that feel like they're they are defying, you know, their own truth claims. So, for example, if somebody says, you know, all truth is a lie. You're supposed to say, is that true what you just said? So see what they do is they fall into these little, you know, these traps that they set for themselves. All worldviews have very strict rules that must not be broken. That's what they believe. 
Don't break my rules. Um, there's no, there's nothing here. There, these are strict rules. It must not be broken. And and I don't care if, if if I'm contradicting myself. I don't care. That's the rule. That's the attitude they have. Understanding worldviews and how they work levels the playing field for Christians and culture that often seems biased against them. This is very true. I think we do live in a secular culture that's very biased as, uh, against Christians. Okay, I know this to be true because I'm reading another book right now, How Christianity Changed the World. Okay, and there's such a rise of secularism and pluralism that um, it's making the not so greatest um, uh, views on Christianity. And it's even like, you know, it blurs the line. There's a gray area, but it's not always the best um, uh, view or judgment of, of, uh, of Christians. So that's totally true. However, if you are going to engage in debate, okay, when you understand our worldview, okay, you level the playing field because you can go ahead and understand where they're coming from and you can engage in an in a, in a honorable debate in that way. By learning how worldviews work, you are equipped to understand the assumptions and rules by which others play. This will not only build your sympathy for them, which is very important, by the way, but will also provide you with a greater appreciation for solid truths of the biblical worldview. Okay, so when you engage with somebody and you're going to debate them about worldviews, about why the Christian worldview is is the correct worldview, you want to be sympathetic towards them, okay? Uh, you want to show grace and kindness towards them because you're not trying to win a war. You're not trying to even win a war of words, okay? You want to show these people grace and you want to... Show them love and, and and compassion because, okay, because we we want them to understand the truth, and I nobody's gonna understand truth, okay, if if they are if people feel like they're being persecuted, if people feel like they're being shoved, if people feel like they are being you know mistreated, all right. And I've got news for you, Christians out there, okay. We have to deal with this as a Christian community. How many people have you met? They said, oh, I can't go to church for this reason, for that reason, for this church, for that reason, for this pastor. Okay? Maybe they were misunderstood. Maybe they were improper in their ways. But it's almost as if we are giving the non-believers ammunition to walk away from the faith because of their being of mistreatment. So this is why this is crucial. We must engage in debates and prove that the faith is true. However... There's a way we can do that, okay? And that's what we have to focus on. Now, there. let's go ahead and speak a little bit about certain worldviews, okay? Let's say you are in, in, in a debate with somebody and you come across, somebody says something like, okay, paganism, all right? So what is paganism? So let's go ahead and give some examples of some worldviews. Paganism holds that, Many gods and spirits exist, all competing with one another and typically harming humans. Another one is naturalism. It says the physical, material world is all that exists. And you'll get that from a lot of atheistic scientists that'll say, you know, there's only material. A lot of naturalists, a lot of material. There's nothing beyond um, the physical. Pantheism says that the world itself is divine. So everything around you is divine, no, uh, no matter what. Not reality, but divine. Syncretism blends together many different worldviews. 
and ignores their fundamental contradictions. You know, that right there is, you know, how can you have so many different worldviews without contradicting themselves? Like, like, how do you get there where you're like, um, yeah, everything is great, everything is wonderful. A lot of people are like that, you know? Find the contradictions. If you are, if you are confronted with synchronism, find the contradictions. However, now, what does the biblical worldview teach? Number one, we humans are not left to figure out these deep matters on our own. For one God reveals himself to us expressly through Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus Christ's atoning work on, on the cross is what brings us to salvation. For those of you who want to really understand um, Christianity and, or Jesus Christ for that matter, I offer you a challenge. Listen to my episode, my past episode called Crucifixion, or just do some research on the crucifixion and understand what Christ went through. Okay? A lot of people, they, they think, you know, they understand what Christ went through. They know the why. Okay, but do you know the how? I challenge you to, to know the how. Okay, because once you start uh, folk meditating on the how, what he went through, okay, it will enhance the why. Because it's easy to say, it's easy to say, oh yeah, uh, Christ died for our sins. Great. Can you elaborate on that? What does that mean? Not only what does that mean for our sal- salvation, period, but what did he go through? And I actually told somebody this this morning, if you just meditate on the suffering on the cross, don't be morbid, but just understand how that's important. Then you'll begin to understand what what Christ did and why it was important. For me, I understand that better when I know the how. I know he died for our sins. I know he's the savior of mankind. I know I've accepted him. All very important stuff. But how? How did he do it? What, do you know what flogging and scourging is? Do you know about the weight that was carried on, on his back and he was suffering? Those are the questions you have to ask yourself. Number two, we have innate values and dignity. No matter our genders or ethnic backgrounds, we are created in the image of God. This was huge for me. We are all image bearers of God. What does that mean? That we are all made in his image. If you read Genesis, what is... What do they? What do? Uh, what does the Trinity say? Let's make man in our own image, and that's what he did. God, he made you in your in your mother's womb before you were even born, before you even knew who you were. He gave you a name before you even knew who you were. Every single one of us on this planet is made in God's image. Therefore, by default, we are all brothers and sisters. Okay, but to know that. Okay, do not be deceived, brothers and sisters. Do not be deceived about the politics and the social uh, um, nonsense that's going on in the world that try to separate us and divide us as people. Okay, we have one Father, and He created us all. Okay, that alone binds us. Okay, and also when you start studying Paul, how we are the body of Christ. Okay, these are the things you have to 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 understand and to study. But if if you take away one thing. If I want you to take away one thing, understand that no matter your gender, no matter your ethnic background, we are all made in God's image. We are made renewed as the body of Christ. We are all brothers and sisters through Christ. And this is gener- and you can uh, also find this in Genesis 1.26. Again, made in his image. 
Number three, our creator loves us and proved it by sending his son to die on the cross on an agonizing, torturous death. So again, meditate on, on the how. Rem so what can you do? Okay, what can you do? If you find yourself engaged in a debate, either accidentally or on purpose, you know what happens. Debates happen, right? You know, you might just walk into something. You might, or you might just try to minister to somebody, either or, okay? Ask them, what is their worldview? Just ask them, okay? This was huge for me. When I found out about worldviews, okay, and um, I, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and I was able to, I don't want to say falsely categorize people, but I was able to categorize things. Like, you know, like if somebody is a Buddhist, I can tell they're a Buddhist. If somebody is this, I can tell they're this or whatever. And then once you understand that, okay, then you can engage in a proper debate. So just ask them what, what, what is their worldview. That's the first question I think you should ask, okay? Because there are a lot of good, well-meaning people out there, a lot of good people, no doubt about it. But we... As people, we download, we download, you know, great things and not so great things. And if we don't know what we're talking about, we're going to spread that knowledge to other people. Okay. And it might be false knowledge. You know, this is why speech is important. This is why proper faith is important. Okay. Because you don't want to, you know, People, listen to my testimony. Know where I was, okay? I was into the martial arts. I was into the Eastern studies. I would read Bruce Lee religiously, although I still love Bruce Lee. I mean, how could you not? And I would read, like, I would read his philosophies and, and other people's philosophies, and I would think, okay, this is knowledge, you know? But then I would download it, and I would realize that it's, it's, it's not the gospel. It's not the truth of Jesus. You know, it has its place, but it's not the gospel, and then you walk around and, and you talk to people and you try to help them. And, and you, you unfortunately, you know, you, um, you mislead them and you don't mean to, but it is. So always, you know, protect your heart. But I would also argue to, to watch your ears and to, and, and to look and to, to be very discerning when you, when, you, when, you, um, when you engage with people. Because you never know what knowledge they pick up and never know what they try to teach. Again. Ask them what is your what is the worldview. It is an acceptable and, and and honest question. Once you see where they stand, then it will be easier to engage. Remember to do just as Saint Peter says. Now this is this is very important. This is very important. Okay. Again, when we engage with people, unbelievers, or just uh, talking to people about the Lord, okay, we must engage, and we must do. Um, we must look at 1 Peter 3.15. And I'm going to read it for you. 1 Peter 3.15. And this is kind of like the uh, apologetic mantra. Okay, this is what apologetics should, should uh, go by. 1 Peter 3.15. Now, but in your hearts regard Christ the Lord as holy, ready at any time to give a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that when you are accused, those who disparage your good conduct in Christ will be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. Just remember that, ladies and gentlemen. 
brothers and sisters, remember to show kindness, gentleness, and respect when you're talking to unbelievers, when you're trying to minister to people, okay? Let them look at you as an example and say, this guy's great. Wow, this girl, this girl's great. These people are great. Whatever I thought about Christianity was wrong. And, and you know, not to take a page out of um, Gandhi's book, but be that change for them. You know, be be the difference maker for them. Serve them, honor them, no matter their faith, no matter their 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 upbringing, no matter their worldview, but also minister them at the same time. Well, that's all I got for you this week, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please uh, come back more often. I have plenty more um, episodes coming to you. I've got a lot to say, and it's really time that I that I really, you know, broadcast it to you. All right. So I will talk to you soon. Take care. You've been listening to the Logos Podcast with Andy Anastasopoulos. Visit us online at logospodcast.com and leave a message for Andy to be included in upcoming episodes. The Logos Podcast is part of the Who's Your Daddy Podcast Network and is produced by A History With God Ministries, ahistorywithgod.org.